You're listening to Two Guys, One Album with music insiders Michael Heideman and Paul Farber. We are two music experts. Green Experts is pushing it. Taking on the greatest albums of all time. Uh, it's a little subjective. Song by song with careful analysis. All right, I wouldn't say careful. Look, we're having fun with the songs. Two guys. One album. Oh my God. I love the opera. Yes. Thank you so much for inviting me to these box seats. You're very welcome. It's a great date night. Could you hand me the popcorn, please? Yes. Can you hand me the hand binocular? (laughs) We are Two Guys, One Album. What's going on, everybody? I'm Paul Farvar. And this is Michael Heideman, your hosts. We have an amazing episode. This is A Night of the Opera by Queen. We are going to go through this album like we do every week. You guys are in for a treat. Yes, we are, and that's just is the slight piano playing of our amazing group, Queen. Annette of the Opera came out November 21st, 1975, one of the finest albums that there is. Paul, I'm so excited to be diving into this one this week. Let's listen to it a little bit, and then we can talk more about this amazing album. I am too. I'm so excited. Here we go. Take it away, Freddie. my blood like a leech. You break the law and you breach. Till it hurts You're taking all my money And you want more It's guided on you With your big-headed groove With your narrow-minded Man, I miss Freddie Mercury so much Jeez, right from the start It kicks you straight in the gut I love it Such a good album And, and you know, obviously Queen is in the news right now I know uh, you guys might be in the future Listening to this But Bohemian Rhapsody is a movie That's out right now Super cool I give it three and a half stars But we're not rating movies tonight Yeah, are what we? is this? This is not a mu- movie podcast No, this we're is a music. rating and, and again, this is Two Guys, One Album All of our podcasts 30 minutes or less Guaranteed Go back <laughs> and listen to all of them how you started off With 30 minutes or less Yes, like we always say, uh, 30 minutes or less or above six and a half hours. Yes, those are the two ways we work. And this is one I'm excited for. Uh, you know, listen, we get, we're getting a lot of your feedback. You're telling us what you think about our ratings. It's subjective, but you got to remember, we are music insiders like you heard up top, so we know a little bit more about music than you do. Yes, of course. As you know and from the intro, we go song by song with careful analysis, and we rate the album at the end. Paul, how do we rate these albums? 11 likes is the most you can get because that's when you can stop seeing the names and the likes in social media. And 11 is the highest. There has not been... I don't know. Has it? Have we? We've not given an eleven yet. The only Definitely. eleven we got was from the John Mayer episode with. Uh, but with that Greg was Letterman. a guess that gave it eleven. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have never both given eleven to anything. No, I, th- I don't think you've broached nine. No, I'm very picky. I don't think. But this is this is this might be the one. Well, it's one of the most famous albums of all time. Just a quick little heads up about it. It not only has Bohemian Rhapsody, it has You're My Best Friend, Love of My Life, great great hits all the way throughout. One of the Grammy. Uh, it, it was inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame as part of the class of 2018. It's one of the finest albums that there is. And did you know that the Marx Brothers actually inspired this title, A Night at the Opera? I did not. Yes. As Learn a little at every podcast, Michael. <laughs> lead singer Freddie Mercury and guitarist Brian May, drummer Roger Taylor, and bassist John Deacon named it after one of their films. It came from the A Night at the Opera came from the 1935 Marx Brothers comedy of the same damn name. Who'd have thought? 
I just want to hear this song. I fucking I haven't heard this album in so long. I don't think I've have you listened to the whole album through all the way through? You know what? As much of as a music insider as I am, I cannot say that I have listened to this full album all the way through, and it breaks my heart because I love this band so freaking Queen is much. easily one of the top 10 bands of all time. In my book, I've said that before on this podcast, we have so many songs to go into on this one before we get to the ones that you guys all know and love, but you know what? Let's just let's just dive into it. What's that we got? The next song is, uh, that was Death on Two Legs. Mm-hmm. Like that song a lot. Way to start off an opera album. And here is Lazy on a Sunday Afternoon. I go out to work on Monday morning. I love it. I love everything about this album already. This might be our first 11. I don't like the voice. Why is he doing this? This is like I feel a li- like I'm at a cartoon. This is a little Beatles throwback. When they had yeah. those short little segments, segmented songs in most, most of their albums, it came from this vaudeville kind of feel that we had that this, we saw in Pink Floyd. A lot of the bands from the 70s did this, actually. But this is this is like one of those skits, right? It's like a minute long or something like that. Yeah. Go painting in the Louvre. Why yeah. do they spell Louvre like that? That's how Louvre. The Louvre? <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of the museum. It's just like a skit. I just feel like it's a skit. Ooh, but then it kicks oh, in with that. Great guitars. Brian May is so good. You know, and Brian May, he is so good. And he's influential on so many levels. Because think about at the time when you're using a mono system and you're just getting into stereo and the fact that he needed to create his own pedals for this album and to create this. You don't have, you know, your um, your Fenders and your Gibsons and everything yet. He needed to do this all by himself, just he, messing yeah, with this stuff. He was a, a musical genius in the sense that he created so many sounds that later became so popular in, in music in the 70s and, and 80s. But... Uh, and astrophysics, too, yeah, Brian May. Astrophys- you learn a lot if that if you watch that movie, but um, still. I knew that way before the movie. Did you really? Yeah, yeah, of I course. That. that. was like one of the their finest... Uh, Little bits of history. And here we go with I'm in love with my car. This was supposed to be a hit. Roger Taylor wrote this. If you watch the movie, this is kind of a comic relief where they make fun of it. I remember watching this in the movie too, and I was—I've heard this song uh, beforehand, and I thought, how, how could have this been the hit? Just because it was—it just said it sounded had balls. like yeah, it had balls, and that was a t- in that period of time in the '70s, that heavier rock sound was big. It was great. It's like a 38 special almost, but and it's only three minutes long, which yeah. a lot of their songs on this album, besides a couple that I will point out, were uh, uh, like over four minutes. There's one that's eight minutes long. There's one six minutes. But the, but the, the point is, it was uh, they thought this was going to be a radio hit because people wanted some more Queen, and this was like their follow up. And and everyone and Bohemian Rhapsody was what they pushed for. Obviously, you know the history after that. No, I don't. I better listen to this podcast and find out all about we'll it. We'll tell you all about it. But yeah, this song is not that great. I don't like Roger Taylor's writing, and I, I don't know, you know, you know the vocals aren't, you can't really... Uh, Roger Taylor was the one guy who wanted to be a rock star, I feel like, above everyone else. Besides, obviously, Freddie Mercury was born, born into it, because he damn, would have been dude. a dentist if he wasn't. A dentist. His name is Crentist, the dentist. 
question from the office. Anyway, oh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he he was really good. Great hair on all of these band members. Might I just seventies? Uh, the pre mullet, rock mullet was amazing to see. Again. Feathered bangs. Feathered bangs. Paul, I I think that you have a business card that kind of looks like one of the I had a of mullet Queen. in the eighties, yes, but it was a different mullet. That was the the tennis slash soccer player mullet of the eighties that I had. You're <laughs> welcome, America. But yeah, I don't like this song. Uh, again, nothing to take away from Queen because it's so many great hits on this album, and are not just hits, they're just great songs. And and speaking of songs with great hits, uh, our next song, which is uh, "You're My Best Friend." which is a song that Michael wrote for me <laughs> and puts on all his mixtapes. I used to put this on mixtapes all the time for uh, for people when I used to make those cassettes and CDs. Um, but let's, let's play it. All right. Give me two seconds. Okay. While we're waiting for it, I will say this. If you guys want, go back, like us, follow us, and go back and listen to our other podcasts. I know well, we've been at a, having people go and just listen to the albums they like, but listen to the albums that we reviewed that you didn't know about or that you didn't like and see if we agreed with you, and then write us. And if you write to us and we like what you say, and even if we don't like what you say, we are going to respond to you, whether mm-hmm. it's in our viewer mail episodes or on an episode where we give you a shout out. Ooh, we might put a little Easter egg at the end of an episode, perhaps. An Easter egg of love. I love how a lot of podcasts, they put these kind of ad segments in between their podcasts, and it's kind of meant to be there, but this is just because the computer froze for this yeah. song. Such a good song. Now, why wouldn't they put this as the standout hit from the start? It's such a good song from the start. There's a strategy behind uh, going with a follow-up, and this is such a good song. It's kind of like a mellower stuff. You need a ballsy song up top for your first release. That was the traditional rock theory back in the days of A&R guys, and especially in the 70s. If you watch the movie, they talk about it, but if you listen to the episode with Greg Lauterman, we talked about it as well, that you want to have like a... A rocker first and a ballady song. Mm-hmm. This is kind of ballady. Yeah. Such a good song. And you know, it's funny. I wish we could do a Greatest Hits album because the Queen Greatest Hits album is one of the best Greatest Hits of all time. They have so many great hits, but we don't do Greatest Hits albums on Two Guys, One Albums because that's just fucking hogwash. We don't do that kind of stuff. Wait, what do we, what don't we do? Greatest Hits albums. Oh, you know, what, what band would... Uh, qualify for doing a greatest hits album. So many bands have greatest hits albums. We've had that question posed on mm-hmm. uh, on the podcast, but that's just not that's not what an album is. And I don't think that the band would fair. want us to do that no. either. No and, bands would say do our greatest hits album. And Bono rates us nearly weekly, and he's like, "Hey guys, still upset about the sh- bad review? Just go back to my old albums from the 1980s, and you might like me again." No, this is a great song. So good, such a catchy hook. It's such great vocals. It shows the sh- shows just the the beauty of Freddie Mercury's voice. And friendship. It's You're My Best Friend was actually the first signal written by John Deacon. He composed it while he was learning how to play the piano. So this was a song that came out of learning. Uh, he played a Woolister electric piano, which Freddie Mercury called what? A horrible instrument. It's a horrible, horrible instrument. What did it do to you, Freddie? Uh, on the recording, it was overdubbed with the bass later and was written for Deacon's wife, Veronica Tetzlaff. The song was a top ten hit. And one of my favorites. 
Okay, here's a here's a question I want to pose to you, Paul. Um, we're talking best harmonies of all time. Which bands? What what kind of numbering would you put on this? We got Queen, the Beach Boys, the Beatles. Well, the Beach Boys and wait, Peter Paul and Mary. Who's all great. Uh, you know, it's all different. It's it's like comparing apples to oranges or Fords to to F10 Fords to Chevys. I don't know what a Chevy truck is, but my point is that <laughs> the harmonies, uh, the falsettos that are used in Beach Boys are are the best of all time, but. I just like the falsetto that Freddie J- Freddie Mercury does and all this stuff too. I almost said Freddie Jones, totally Ooh. different band. But the next song is Thirty Nine, uh, which I don't know anything about this song. Let's listen to it for a little bit. Is this your age? This is this is my <laughs> age. song but let's listen definitely not one of the favorites of, of many people it was May's attempt to do a sci-fi skiffle as he recalls it's a tale of a bunch of space explorers like the queen if not anything they were very instrumental did I say instrumental I meant, I meant ex- experimental experimental this is Brian May singing? Yes, May actually sings the song with oh. backup vocals from Mercury and Taylor. But however, during live performances, Mercury sang all the lead vocals. Yeah, why would you, if you have one of the greatest singers of all time, why would you even attempt to sing a song on an album? <laughs> we talked about that with uh, the police synchronicity, where they're like, oh, you could have one song. Yeah. Mother. Even in uh, the Cranberries, the the bassist sings mm-hmm. a few songs. Idiots. <laughs> so you know whose uh, so- favorite song this song. is? I actually, I George have- Michael. <laughs> I steal your thunder. How did, you, how did you know that, Paul? I was going to give you a he, few. He uh, played it in 1992, the Freddie Mercury tribute. Was that right? Yes, you you are right. I think Boom. that was good. You get two points. Yeah, no, this is a good song. I just, I wish, the only parts that are fun are the harmonies that are sung by Freddie Mercury. Yeah, I like this song. Man, I'm looking at a photo right now of Queen, (laughs) and these dudes had some powerful jaws. I know that's a weird thing to say on a podcast, but dang, these guys look very 70s. You know, it's it's a it's such a good album, and and there's such a great great band, and and when you see the movie, uh, I know this is a movie podcast, but there's so much in there, and you know I've read the Freddie Mercury biography too, and they cover how many things that they were doing that now bands are doing all the time, trying to create different sounds in the in the uh, in the uh, studio, and they were they were kind of uh, they were kind of legends in that regard, and, and started a lot. They were they opened the doors for a lot of ideas. Just like the Beatles did in the era before them, but it's a good song. What, what do we What do we got next? I love it. Or do you want? I, I'm sorry, I, I said that really loud because I do love this. I love album. it. I love it. But I was thinking about how how great of a time in music was this album. We're talking about 
bands like the Beatles, Queen, uh, Led well, Zeppelin. Queen, this is after Beatles. They came after Beatles. You got to remember well, that. Well, yeah, Beatles but were dead by then. Yes, I'm, but I'm thinking more so the fact that all the Beatles were kind of still alive. They were oh, still yeah. making music at the same time. So just think about the amount of sure. the music community that probably surrounded itself during the 1970s and 80s. That's and there was a, a lot time. of competition too. Led Zeppelin. A lot of people were putting out albums in the in the 70s back in 75 when this came out. Yeah, but, I hate. You know what band I couldn't stand that was such a ripoff in the 1970s? Greta Van Fleet of Led Zeppelin. I think why would they <laughs> why'd they do that? Here's the next understand. song. Sweet Lady. Sweet, sweet lady. Again, written by Brian May. I hope he doesn't sing on this. I don't remember this song. Let's take a listen. God, bass doesn't get enough credit on their songs. What's that bass? Deacon. Oh man, this is a this is what you call a deep cut that never got the love it deserved. Now I remember this song and These I love it. These powerful vocals make me just it's just so guttural the way that Freddie Mercury sings. Um, it's just the layering of the vocals too. They talk about this and we talked about this a little bit on the Pink Floyd episode that we did. The fact that back in the 1970s and 80s nothing was really cheap. Uh, the Night at the Opera was a financial burden. 16 fact. million dollars, right? Yeah, well... <laughs> no, I just made that. <laughs> close. The album cost the equivalent of $500,000 dollars to make. Wow. Half a million bucks. Is that a lot of money? Like no I don't know. How much does an album cost these days? Uh well it depends on what pro tools you have. <laughs> well that's a good point. It made the it had the distinction of being the then most expensive rock album ever made in nineteen seventy five, yeah. Six different studios across the UK that they recorded this in too. They didn't mess around, man. They wanted to they had a vision and they've they stuck with it. Yeah, you know who fronted most of the money too? Freddie. Ahmed Wallace. <laughs> he is an endless money bank endless. for these kind of bands. I mean, this is the classic, like, Spinal Tap. Aerosmith sound. cover. Yeah, yeah, like the sound of... When you watch Spinal Tap, I mean, there are so many subtle digs at Queen, in my opinion. You can just feel it. Do you, do you want to dive into the next one real yeah, quick? Yeah, let's though? go to uh, Seaside Rendezvous, which is a song, I believe, about uh, Gilligan's Island. <laughs> one of the shorter songs on the album, two minutes, 28 seconds here. This is a Freddie Mercury song. It's interesting because, like, in the movie, I know we keep making reference to it because it's still fresh in our mind, but they wanted to make an opera with this, a very conceptual album. Yeah. And what's it, what's the benefit of the opera? I mean, I mean, I like that, that they tried these, uh, they like, vaudeville sound again, like you said earlier. This song's one of those, or it's just kind of like a break, almost like an intermission, if you think of it in an opera sense. Takes you on a, it just takes you on a journey. And back then, you know, you're listening to an album in your headphones, and you're, you know, there's side one, there's side two. I get it. But in today's society, I don't know if it would have worked. Mm-hmm. It's all right. The song's okay. 
Yeah. One of the one of their only rare songs that mentions and uh, adds the kazoo. I hear it. Even like when they're doing these goofy songs, though, like the skits, it's still music. There's musical. There's musical credit to it. There's musical. Uh, you don't see that in the skits that Kanye does. <laughs> Kanye's just trying to be funny. These guys are, they're kind of loose with the songs, but it's still got a structure of music and it shows, you know, true music, musicianship, musicianship, musicianship. You know, I think that it was, I, I believe, don't quote me on it, but I, I believe it was Bella Fleck from the Flecktones um, who said, hey man, you know, no matter what I play, no matter what you put in my hands, I can make a sound out of it because that's what a true musician does. And he actually took a year off to learn banjo from scratch and then put out a banjo album later on. And yeah. I think that's what this band does. It's like you give them a kazoo, they're going to make it a beautiful, beautiful song, which is Seaside Rendezvous. Yeah, it's a seaside. Just shows their musicianship. You know what the you know what the best kind of uh, ship is? My mm. favorite ship, mm. friendship. <laughs> <laughs> that's a that's a nod to Norm Macdonald. What's our next song, Michael? All right, let's dive into this next one. We got the Prophet song, which is one of their longest songs on the album. It's probably Uh-oh. exhausting we might have to, to cover. Skip. Eight, let's listen to it. I don't know this song. Seconds. Do I know this song? It sounds like the beginning of a Sting song. Feels like we're in the ocean, Paul. Can't keep doing the English accent. We're drifting away, my friend. Very conceptual. What the? When does the, when does the good stuff happen on uh, <laughs> the Prophet song? It's so interesting. It almost sounds like a Fleetwood Mac song. <laughs> the chain. Yes. This would have been right. This been right after Fleetwood Mac. So a little bit of background behind this song. Um, Brian May explained that he wrote this song after a dream he had with a great flood while he was recovering from being ill while we're recording Sheer Heart Attack album. That's kind of the source of some of these lyrics that you're hearing. Um, and thank you, by the way. We never credit any of the sources, but uh, but the people Wikipedia. who put this out. Whoever Wikipedia is, this man. Bob Wiki. <laughs> you, are, you are really hidden with these notes. Paul, when you write music for Shoeshine Boys. Um, Shoeshine Boys, singular. Shoeshine Boy. What kind of stuff do you, where do you get your influence from when you're singing? I, well, when I was writing songs, I was in law school. So I was writing a lot about class and shit that was happening to me where I was working at a bar or drinking or uh, dealing with classes and, and girls, all kinds of stuff that's personal. Mm. Never dreams. Never dreams. I don't remember my dreams back then. <laughs> they were more like just brownouts. Yeah. Oh, I, I was you. drinking a lot back then. <laughs> So well, this song, I don't know, it is kind of long. It feels like a long REM dream, like REM, REM sleep. Oh, not I the band like REM? It, no, it feels no, like it, it feels like this is like what I, another one of those spinal tap things. Like I just picture like they're going to be like Stonehenge will be like. I hear you. I think we have to you skip know this. Yo, the controversial We haven't used it in a while, but we being... have to skip option i'm gonna use it the function of the skip is being put into play we played it for two and a half minutes and i didn't feel any love yet there's six minutes left of it and paul is using his one and only skip there were six minutes left 
Six minutes left, yes. Oh, man, I feel bad. No, too bad. Love of My Life, the next song on the album. Great song. So Freddie Mercury, a very interesting guy. Uh, Believe it or not, the name Freddie Mercury, not his real name. Do you know what his real name is? Fareed Furuzash. (laughs) Close. How do I pronounce it? Farooq Balsara. I think that has a good ring to it. Yeah. Why would he want to change it? Freddie Mercury, though, is so perfect. Yeah. And... Such a good song. This is Gosh. an amazing song. You know, this is a song that I forgot about until you see the movie again. So many shouts out to the movie. So Brian may actually play the harp on this song. What an, you, I don't think that Queen gets the kind of credit they give, because I think in the 1970s, yes, they were huge, but I don't think they were as huge as they are right now at this moment. No, I, they were huge then. Are you kidding me? They sold out. They they would sell out concerts everywhere. If they, I mean, they still tour with Adam Lambert, and they're still doing really well. That's that's a really good point. But I'm saying, like in the 1970s, they weren't like the band. This this album put them on the map. They broke ground, and then after that, more and more hits came, and more and more songs came out, and they were undeniable. At that point, such a pretty song, and, and the yeah. way that they they organize these harmonies behind it really just floats Freddie Mercury's vocals into another stratosphere. Absolutely agree with you. I'm actually getting a little emotional listening to this song, such to be a, honest, Paul. I mean, the, my favorite song of all time is "Under Pressure" by Queen and David Bowie, and I still get emotional when I hear that song. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, that song is on Hot Space, which is one of the worst albums. What? Queen. It's no, a horrible, get out of town. It's a horrible album. I love Queen. We Don't should get do me that wrong. album next. <sighs> we can't do it. Two Queens in a row. <laughs> is there a joke there or something? No, I just, I just can't see it. I can't see it. I can't. I bought the album. <laughs> you know, want to know? You want to know the last time I, I uh, saw Two Queens in a row? <laughs> what? At Hamburger Mary's. <laughs> They're gonna say uh, at a casino. Oh. <laughs> Black in my in my dreams. All right, what have we got next here? Such a good song. We we can't skip it yet. We're not skipping it. We played it. We can't play the whole thing because then we'd get copyright violation issues. Did you know in 1983, Freddie actually recorded several several tracks with Michael Jackson? I did not know that. I didn't either. I'm just reading it here. State of Shock, Victory, and there must be State of Shock life. was a great song. Dun, 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 dun. Love to do. Love to do a Michael Jackson album. That's a great idea. What Michael Jackson album would you want to do? Mm, one? Thriller. It, yeah, you got to do Thriller. Or I don't know. Bad was pretty good too. Who knows? Well, I don't know. Let's go to the the next song. Is let's see here. Good Company, which is what I feel like we have right now. Mm-hmm. Just, good company. Just two guys on a friendship. One of Paul's faves. Some other skip. As he puffed his pipe and baby pee, dandled on his knee. Don't fool with fools. This is a full song of this. <laughs> and I can't use my skip. No, you can't. Those are the rules. You, you, you know why it's hard not to use your skip? Because I know the next song is something that, you know, we've been building and building for so long and mm-hmm. I'm so excited for it. Can we. I mean, we should probably... Sk- I have an idea. Mm-hmm. 
I think we What's should. Your idea? Let's let's not play. First, after we talk about this song, which I feel is okay, it's all right. Song. Do you have any strong opinions about the song? I'm gonna just. I tell really, it. I really like the uh, the whammy pedal that uh, Brian May is using this album. I, and also, well, can I give you a little uh, little bit of trivia here? Sure. So we're constantly looking at the the Queen logo that you see, the famous Queen crest. Who do you think uh, created that? Freddie Mercury. That's right. Thanks to his degree in art and graphic design from Ealing Art College. Is that the right pronunciation? No, it's probably wrong. If you if you think let if, me see it. I'll if tell you, you know the right, you're not good at pronunciation. Make sure you email us at Where, two guys one album at gmail.com. Number one. Healing art, as in healing art. <laughs> Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna telegraph our next play, and I feel like I'll explain it. It'll make more sense later. All right. We're give gonna it to skip me. the next song because it's obviously the song that is the greatest song on this album, if not one of the greatest songs of all time. And let's skip to. Uh, God Save the King, which is number 12 on the album, last song on the album, and then we'll talk about okay. Bohemian Rhapsody. You, you wanna, you're doing a leap. This We're is doing the a leap, leap button. We've never this done the it leap before, button. but it makes sense here, and you'll see why in a bit. Let's, let's, uh, let's go to uh, God Save the Queen. Let's, God let's play save it for a little bit. the Queen. We're going to go to it in two seconds. It's, it's very interesting because not listening to this album ever in my life, like all the way through song by song with careful analysis, <laughs> um, I didn't know how funny this album was with all these little kind of vaudevillian kind of wonky 1930s sounding I mean, it's like songs. funny in like an open mic comedian way. <laughs> it's not like funny. I think it's it's funny in more Clever. of like a Monty Python yes. kind of way. Yes. Or it's like, oh, my leg is bleeding. It's just a flesh wound. Sure. I'll give you that. Paul's half asleep right now. No, by I'm the way. not. He I'm fell asleep so in that eight-minute song. <laughs> I haven't heard this song in a while either. This is actually a good song too. The problem with their albums to, or their songs, it's, it takes so long to like build. Well, this is just the cover of God Save the Queen. Yeah. Is that the right song? Yeah, I guess you're right. I thought, oh, you know what? I'm thinking of a different song. <laughs> well, that's it. You're thinking you're of right. a Clash song, aren't you? Yeah. All right, so let's play the song mm. you've all been waiting for. Wait, before we do, can we just talk about how that Queen logo looks just like a jelly donut? It does right now. It makes me so hungry. Yeah. You ready to dive into the biggest song of all time, Paul? Just play it. We've been, we've been, we've been teasing it all night. And plus, it takes so long. There's so many parts of this song that, you know, we got to be quiet for. It's going to be so hard to give the rating, to be honest with you. I hear you, man. All right, here it is. Love Hurts by R.E.M. (laughs) Oh, I'm so excited. Is this the real life? Is this just fantasy? I mean, open your eyes, look up to the skies and see. This is one of we often talk about how people create music, and this is one of those songs where you're sitting in your garage, you're sitting in the studio writing this together, and you're thinking to yourself, Freddie, Brian, rest of the team. Roger, we Deacon. we are creating magic here. This is one of the most amazing songs that we've ever put on to paper, and then they created it to themselves. 
I mean, it's it's withstood the test of time more than any other song in all of history. I believe, as a child, I listened to this song at least a hundred times a year. For I was five years old when uh, my brother started playing this for me, and I was I thought this was amazing. My God. And then again to and to see it just blow up again in the in with the Wayne's World movie. Yeah. Quit to number one again. It's just such it's such a timeless song. So for our listeners out there who are having the same kind of feelings we are, do you remember when MTV and VH1 really didn't have a lot of licensing for music videos, yeah. and they would play that Live Aid version of the song on repeat at least 10 times an hour. So the Live Aid version was in 84, but then they had this video for it, which was the official video, mm-hmm. and they had like four or five, you know, they had all these crappy-ass videos mm-hmm. from like Rod Stewart and stuff that they would have to play back. And I think that created this buzz in the early 80s for Queen. And that's when I, it was the 80s for me when I when I was listening to it with my older brother. Because we were, I mean, in, in the in early 80s, I was like five years old and I was like, this is the greatest album of all time. Yeah, it or truly the song is. Was. I didn't know the L album. I would listen to this song and then Under Pressure, which was later, 83. But, but I mean, the passion, this song, and I mean, easily... I, I will say I go I have a love and hate with this song like there's times where I'm like yeah it's not the best Queen song because it isn't mm-hmm. under pressure is in my opinion but my God the music musicianship on this and just the idea the writing everything no one could deny it's one of the top ten songs of all time in fact I'm sure everybody says that in all the reader polls or whatnot or even musicians if you ask them. And the, the seamless transitions that this song creates is amazing. Right now, you're going into this Scaramouche, uh, who is actually a clown from the Commedia dell'arte, Astronomer Galileo Figaro. It's, it's his own opera in his mind, Freddie's mind. But can I just go back to the fact that um, I don't want to die. I wish I'd never been born at all. Such a that, great line. That makes me cry still to this yeah. day. That is, I mean, all this, uh, the whole lyrics in the beginning were, were just so passionate. It was so in, passionate and beautiful. Voice. Yeah, amazing. I, I think that... Basmela is Farsi for never. Really? A couple little tidbits there, yeah. Test me on that, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. People don't believe that I know my shit. <laughs> Paul's getting upset about some uh, some, some listener email mail. we got. Again, if you want to call out Paul, two guys one album at gmail.com. Or, or me. You can call call me out. I'm you just wait until I find an album that I can really shit on. But here we go. We're gonna rock out for a few minutes. Disregard us. Imagine being at a concert when this played. Oh my gosh, with the original Queen! Wow. I mean, I still, I still wanted to see him with Adam Lambert, but damn, so good. I can't. It's, it's just, it's incredible. These guitar solos just, they, 
They're the greatest in the world. Every guitar player sits in their garage or their parents' basement and thinks, I need to write a song like this. And these soaring and uh, just the, notes as well. The transitions, everything, it's so original, so creative, and so catchy. There's so many hooks in this song. I mean, there's so many parts. I mean, I don't know. Well, are you ready? I think we're, we've got to review this. And Well, let's just, yeah, going out on this. Freddie... Nothing really matters. We miss you, bud. Nothing really matters to me. Okay. <laughs> oh, Freddie. Okay, I'm ready to. I'm ready to. What's rate your this review? Uh, so this... again, the review. Eleven is the most yes. we can give. Uh, Eleven likes, and uh, we do have the emoji feature. We can give up up to three emojis. Um, are you ready? I think I'm ready. Do you want to go first, though? Sure, I'll go first. I think this album has some of the greatest songs of all time. Although there are some songs that didn't like, it's still, no matter what I give this album, Queen is still one of the greatest bands of all time. I give this eight likes, and I give this the fire emoji, because fire, obviously. The queen em- queen emoji, the queen uh, crown. Which, oh, nice. For the band, and also yeah. for just being one of the greatest bands of all time. And uh, my third one is going to be the the uh, injection, the drug injection, <laughs> because whether they did or didn't do in drugs, mm-hmm. it was the 70s. And even if it's the second meaning is also, it feels like you're on drugs because this is such a great album. And it feels like it takes you to a different world that only can be induced by drugs sometimes. <laughs> but it's a natural high. Those are my three emojis. I love that. Also, I didn't have a lot of time to think about it. So, kind of off the cuff. Yeah, well, the fire it was off the cuff, and the queen crown was. Pretty you gave clear. it ten. I gave it eight likes. Eight likes. Eight likes. Okay, uh, this is one of the finest albums that I've ever heard, and I was greatly and happily surprised by the kind of quirky little vaudevillian dun 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 dun, dun, dun songs that were played throughout it. Uh, I know that we're, I'm going to piss off some people by even making that connection mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and playing mm-hmm, it out mm-hmm. that way. But uh, an amazing album, Freddie Mercury, his, his legend uh, can't be denied. I'm going to give this album a solid 10. 10 likes? Wow. That's yes. like your highest rating, I think. Well, at least one of the highest. I'm going to give it, yeah, I'm going to stick with okay. my 10. Any 10 emojis? Because, uh, well, it, it's not only about the album. It's about the whole spectrum of Queen. I mean, this is, I have I have hot space on my wall, and I've had it for the last five years sitting up there. I look maybe at Freddie sh- Mercury every day. Maybe we should have done hot space. I grow I grew a mustache when I was, about a few years ago, because of Freddie Mercury. I was him for I Halloween at least say. two years. All right. But, and uh, for the emojis, I was thinking about it. A I mustache? Thought, the guy with the mustache? No, the uh, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No orders. <laughs> All right for for the album, A Night at the Opera. I'm going to give this album the unicorn because it's very unique, just Good. like Freddie Mercury. Good. I got it. I think he's a great man. Uh, I'm going to give it the <laughs> peanuts because this song had balls and and nuts. You know, this, they don't have balls on here. So. Gotcha. Uh, and then I'm going to give it just you know, I'm going to just give it the smiling. Just the smiling, rosy-cheeked, smiley face. Simple, because it makes me so comfortable and so happy. And then lastly, 
the teardrop for uh, that last you song. You can't have four Still, emojis. Oh, okay. that's all right. We'll I'm throwing it. it out there. We're out of time anyway. So that's our episode of A Night at the Opera with Queen. If you guys like our podcast, please subscribe to us on iTunes. Listen to us on the WGen page or on SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, wherever you, wherever you podcast. And also write in. Tell us about what you thought. And we will respond. Two guys, one album at gmail.com. Or check us out on Twitter. And you can follow us individually. I'm at Paul F. Comedy is my website. Or uh, on Facebook, it's Paul of Comedy or Paul Farvar, F-A-R-A-H-V-A-R on Instagram. And, and Michael? You can find me, Michael Heideman. Just Google my name, Michael Heideman, WGN. I'm also at MichaelHeideman.com and the Instagram is Arthur Fonzarelli. Paul, this was an amazing episode. It was an episode that was amazing and I agree with you 100%. <laughs> I'm going to hold you to that. Alright, everybody. Thanks for joining us. We will talk to you next week on another episode of Two Guys. One Album. Hey everyone, welcome back. This is your hosts, Michael Heideman and Paul Farvar. And we wanted to remind you guys, if you made it this far, then you obviously enjoyed this episode. So be sure to... Or subs- fell asleep. <laughs> or you fell asleep. No, go ahead. And you're just snoring right now as we're talking to you. But either way, subscribe, share, and rate us. And we'll be sure to mention you on a future podcast. We love reaching out to our listeners. And we might have said a lot of falsities on our podcast. Never. But the one thing that is true is we always reach back to our listeners. Isn't that right, Paul? That's right. Two guys, one album at gmail.com and uh, just subscribe already. Come on, man. We know you guys are listening. Come on, help us out. We're here over in Chicago just wanting to talk to you guys. And review us as well. That's right. See you next week. Two melons.